Um, I had a different message written for today, um, and I felt um, inspired last night. I was awakened, and the Lord said, it's not the message that you have is not the message for today. And I went, that's not cool. Um, but he, God knows. He's, does anybody know that God's smarter than any of us, right? And so I just knew that it, I needed to speak about children today. Um, and actually, it, everything fit better into that setting. So I put this message together in my office uh, this morning. And um, so you're just going get, <laughs> to get what you get this morning. Uh, I've entitled it, It's for Our Children. And it is, it's really about our children. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the importance of our children and how important they are in life. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us. And I know I joke sometimes that, you know, I have nine grandkids and when everybody's together, it's 14 of us. And, and I know that Emily and, the, and my kids will, and even Diane said, wow, you were really relaxed this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I won't tell her which drugs I was on, but anyway, no, I'm just, just teasing, just teasing. I quit doing drugs a couple weeks ago, so <laughs> bad joke, shouldn't have went there. Um, but, you know, I used, it used to be difficult for me. They would, they, Emily, you know, it was hard, uh, so many of them, and all at one time in one space, and, but it was such a joy. It was such a joy, and although I've had times over the past, Emily, where uh, so many of them were, well, she knows. She, she has five kids, for crying out loud, you know. Uh, it, it can be a hectic thing, but I think that the, the Holy Spirit wants to bring us back to a point of understanding how important our kids are and the importance that they have. And I believe that we as a church need to get a revelation of that as well, how important children are. We often think about church as something for us, and children's ministry something extra for them. And God bless the children's workers for, for what they do to take care of your little angels. Amen. But we aren't here just to get um, what we can get and then go on our way. We as adults need to recognize that we're here to get what we can get, yes, but to give all that we can give. And to be able to get what we can get as adults, but then give all that we have to the children is one of the most important things that we can do. There is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is, is happening in these end times, but is going to happen to a greater degree as we approach the day of the Lord even more so. And I believe it's going to be a great outpouring. Everybody say great outpouring. Um, but it's not going to be so much for us adults. Yes, we're included in the list. Oh, there's a list? Yeah, there's a list actually in Acts chapter 2. You can turn there if you want. You can write it down. I'm going to move a little, quickly, a little quicker through this. I'm just going to read it to you. It's in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, but this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be... In the last days, say last days. last days, God says that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. So everybody's included, but then he begins to break down the list. And I don't think it's by accident that he breaks down the list in this order. 
I think that's very profound. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. But did you see where it started? It started with the children, your sons and your daughters. As this, several people groups are mentioned here, of course. Uh, however, the first people group mentioned outside of everyone in general, and now we get a breakdown of that, is your sons and your daughters. Your sons, your daughters, your children, those babies that I dedicated today are on God's list for a special outpouring of His Spirit in the last days. This is important for us to know. That's why I spoke over each family that may the path of this child intersect with God's plan and God's destiny because they all have a destiny in God and God has a plan for them. It's up to you as mom and dad to help steer their lives in such a way that they never get off that path. It's not an easy task, but nowhere did God say it would be easy but it's valuable and it's important. And what am I talking about? I'm, I'm talking about really the next generation. Will we have another generation of people before the Lord comes? Well, I don't know, but I'm not going to approach life as though he, we won't, so we just won't deal with that. No, we're going to prepare the next generation to be the generation that ushers in the coming of the Lord. Can you say amen? And if he doesn't come in that generation, then may they grow up and teach on and teach on generations to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And it's, 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 it's time for us to consider the next generation, the youth, the children, as more important in the scheme of the kingdom than ourselves. My good brother Mike Hoffman isn't here with the cricket sound on his phone because it was kind of like a cricket in here. We come to church for us, and it's not for the right reason. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 39 says, For the promise is for you and your children. They're included in that. And this text tells us that the promise of God's outpouring is to not only us as adults, but it is to our children as well, and I want you to say it real loud with me. It's for our children. Say it. That's what it's all about. Hello. All right, pause. Those who are visiting today, you're like, what's going on? At 12 o'clock, we say a prayer together. Okay? So I'll lead us in that. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we curse COVID-19. In Jesus' name, we curse it and say, die disease in the name of Jesus. We curse the demonic spirit that is uh, impelling this and impelling the confusion and compelling, impelling the chaos and the unrest to be cursed in Jesus' name. And Lord, we take a moment to remember those that have been afflicted or are afflicted or affected in any way by coronavirus. May your hand of mercy and blessings be upon them all. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, good. When I preach to adults, uh, you know, uh, you guys will sit there uh, and you listen really good and, you know, you don't pinch each other and pick your noses and do the things that kids do. Well, you know, 
most of you anyway, um, that's the case. And uh, I think that it's important to recommend that there's been no time that I can remember that a kid has come up to me after church and said, Pastor Rick, you just hit a home run with that sermon today, and it has changed my life forever. I've never had a kid come up and say that to me. Thank you for your ministry, Pastor Rick. It, it does so much for me and my family, and I'm so glad you helped my mommy and my daddy. I've never had a child come up and say that. Never has it happened. And sometimes I don't even know if, if they're getting it. You know? Uh, they can, we have family Sunday every now and again, and the kids are in here, and they're all coloring and playing on their devices and doing whatever, and they could almost tell you word for word everything that I preached that day. And I can't even tell you the number of times that they, they thought I was, they, somehow they com- in their little minds, they compared me to God. And I remember in one, one setting, I think it was a, a child was sitting behind Diane and kept poking her and asking her to move out of the way. And uh, she said, why? She says, and he said, because I can't see Jesus with you sitting there. <laughs> I used to ride a motorcycle all the time, and, and uh, they were carrying the, I can't remember which family or which child, they were carrying them out, walking out to their cars after church, and the little one said, uh, did you know God rides a motorcycle? <laughs> and she said, no, I didn't know God rides a motorcycle. Yep, and he's funny, too. Well, I was getting on my motorcycle at the time, and so I recognize that as a pastor, they, they don't look in that filter. They see someone larger than life to them standing up here, you know, speaking the word, and they, they bring it together in such a beautiful, beautiful way. I, I love that. Um, and I think that we've done a great job um, in making church great for adults, we've, we've ran the gauntlet of the challenges of COVID, and you all are still here. How many people do we have in overflow? Does anybody know how many people are in overflow this morning? Anybody? Ten. Ten back there. God bless all y'all back there. Can we give all of uh, our, our friends that are in overflow a big hand? We love you. Thank you. And so we do a, a, a pretty good job of making church um, important and valuable and blessed for adults. Um, but I don't think necessarily for the kids. Now, don't take me wrong. I think we have one of the finest children's ministries anywhere and a great, loyal, faithful, and dedicated children's team that are watching out for your little angels and teaching them about Jesus. But they're doing it, quite frankly, without much help. They're doing it with a skeleton crew, they're not even able to open all the ministry areas that are available to children because there aren't enough people there to back up their words with their actions. What are the words, children? It's all about the kids. It's, it's about our children. Um, One-third of the world's population is under 15 years old, and in Africa that actually jumps to about 50-50. It's so important that we have a revelation of just how important the kids are. We can see that in the scripture that we looked at, that they're listed in the breakdown of list under mankind that's going to receive an outpouring from God in the last days. The kids are mentioned first. Wow. 
Some of us don't think they qualify to be spirit-filled ambassadors for God. They're just kids. Church is for us. Let's have a little special church for them. Well, since you're staring at me like most kids do, um, we'll go to uh, Mark um, chapter 10. And I want to read just a few verses to you. You can write it down, the reference if you want. Mark chapter 10. And they were bringing children to Jesus so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He was angry. He was upset. And he said to them, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I could almost say that the children of God is not meant for you. I'm sorry, that the kingdom of God is not meant for you. Don't don't freak out on me. We're all a part of the kingdom of God. But the scripture also tells us that if we don't approach the Lord as a little child, that we won't inherit the kingdom of God. So it says to me that God has a serious principle of importance that he puts upon the kids to actually say that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. I didn't add anything to that scripture. That's why I said I I could almost say God didn't make the kingdom for you and I. we We just get to have a welcome pass to come on in. He made it for the kids in, in that respect. And he took them in his arms. He began to bless them and lay hands on them. That's why what we just did was really profoundly important. And one of the reasons that Jesus got so upset in this story was because actually in Mark 9, just a few chapters earlier, he was instructing his disciples about the importance of kids. And Jesus told them that if they wanted to get to heaven, they would have to be like one of these little children. We as adults have forgotten what it's like to be like a little child. And we've caused our Christianity to become so adult that we've lost that childlike wonder, that amazement to our Father in heaven, to God. Matthew chapter 18, I'll I'll jump over there real quick. Matthew chapter 18, I'm going to read verses 2 through 6. And he called a child to himself, and he set him before them, and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one child in my name receives me. Did you hear that? But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Those are the words of Jesus. It's easy for me to see and for me to say, well, maybe a little harder to say, that God's priority is on the kids. Our priority ought to be on the kids as well. Receive 
Anyone who receives this little child receives Jesus. That's what it said. Anyone who receives this little one receives me. Anyone who rejects this little one rejects me. That's the opposite side of that coin. You might even say that the verse is telling us that when children come to church, it's just like Jesus coming to church. If Jesus were to come to church, you'd be lining up to see him. You'd be lining up to shake his hand or to bow at his feet. You'd be lining up to minister to him. You, you, you might even be shoving each other out of the way just to get a glimpse of the Son of God if you were here. But children, on the other hand, they're just kids, right? We'll shuffle them off to another place and expect a skeleton crew of God-filled people to, to take care of them. Um, this is not my um, creation. I was awakened last night. And God said, you have the wrong message for the day. He's given me the permission so far to use it next week. He said, I want you to change it. And this is what he had me change. If you look in uh, Mark, if we go back to Mark just real quick, um, chapter 10, I want to point out three things that Jesus wants us to know. And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter at all. And he took them in his arms, and he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Wow. First thing, children must be brought. They were bringing the children to him. Not only does that mean that you as adults must bring them, but it also means that you must make a place for them to experience Christ maybe at a different level than you're experiencing him in here in terms of what's being presented. But they should be able to experience Christ, and I imagine they are experiencing Christ back there, maybe even to a greater degree than we are out there because we're, we're all adult in how we process everything. And they're just kids, you know. You pour slime on me and it'll be, I'll find a spiritual asset to it, you know, kind of thing. Um, when you make classrooms for them, when you, you spend money on them, you decorate for them, and you prepare uh, children's services for them, you're receiving them, and in the same token, you're receiving Jesus. When you spend money on curriculum, how many know none of, that's, none of the things that happen in children's ministry is free, and this message isn't about, I'm going to take up an offering for children's ministry, but you put trained teachers with them, what are you doing? You're making a way for them to be brought, Right? You're making a way for them to learn more about Jesus. And the more children's workers that there are back there, the more they're going to get from their experience in children's ministry that day. And it, all of this, friends, is for the, is for the children. And, and I think we've done the above, but there is an area of all of this that we've stalled out. We've kind of almost gone backwards a little bit, and it's in the area of teachers. 
Uh, Miss Connie, what a great job Miss Connie does in our children's ministry. Amen. I mean, just fabulous job. Um, <clears throat> but she doesn't have enough workers to have our children's ministry functioning at its fullest capacity. And let me help you with something. What comes with children when they come to church? Families. Moms and dads come, and the, so the church grows. But the, the Lord will not bring to us more than we are prepared to handle. And so if we're operating in a skeleton crew kind of fashion because that's all we have, God's not going to bring to us an influx of children who are attached to parents because we aren't prepared to receive them. We're not prepared to bless them. We're not prepared to do the things that we need to do. And I think that we have to look at this at a bigger picture than just where you come and sit in church. What are you doing for the kids? Miss Connie doesn't have enough workers to function properly. We've got classrooms that aren't even open. And a lot of that is because we don't have enough workers to make it happen. But there's a spiritual side to it. We are always wishing there were more more kids, more families, more kids, more families. But God will not bring more kids, more families to a church that's not prepared to minister to them. It won't happen. And so I really want to encourage you to be a part of the lives of children. When you drop out of children's ministry, or you won't jump in there and help in a time of need, it's not Res Life and its ministries that you're rejecting. It's Jesus that's being put on the back burner. Second thing, I'll move on. When Jesus, when Jesus wants to touch the children when they're young, now kids need human contact. Now I know that the enemy, the devil, has, has distorted and perverted the whole touch thing. And COVID's tried to do everything that it can to make sure that we don't touch. But kids need hugs. They need high fives. They need fist bumps. They need human contact. I wish Declan was in the room. Him and I have a special handshake that we do all the time. And when we get it down, we add one more element to it. And it's kind of fun to see who remembers and, and who doesn't. And, and then little Liam's like, I want to do it too. And so he's in on that handshake and the rest of the kids are wanting to get in on it, but don't have a clue how to make, they, they just want that contact, that touch, that human interaction is something that they need. When I talk to kids, you saw it this morning, that was not a display, it wasn't for show. I get down on their level and I spend time with them where I can go eyeball to eyeball with them and, and enjoy um, that moment. I mean, sometimes I'll look down and some kids run across the room and grab me by my leg and hugging me. Um, I, love, I love the children. We ought to consider them as more important than ourselves. And Jesus knew how important it was to minister to children with loving touch. Even though the devil's perverted that, we understand, but there's still a great truth in the human contact part of it that kids need. And I love the picture of Jesus with kids all around him. I mean, I don't see Jesus as some staunch, you know, religious guy. This cat was down to earth, man. I mean, I, I, I'm betting he had a kid sitting on one knee and another kid sitting on another knee and another one, you know, probably riding on his foot down below, you know, and... Jesus is loving every minute of it and, and, and loving on them. Uh, and we shoo them away sometimes. And 
He's just bringing them in. I'm, I'm betting he probably hugged them and tickled them, and just they just had a blast when, when Jesus came to town. Amen. Many of these kids were, get my next page here, a lot of those kids were sick. They needed help. They needed the touch of Jesus to make things right. Number three, I'm bringing it to an end. Right here's my last page. Jesus wants to give them the kingdom. Wouldn't it be amazing that, uh, you know, when we get to heaven, that all the kids get to go first? Hmm? We've, we've kind of done that backwards. Sometimes when we have a potluck, we say, you know, all the older generation, you guys go first. Kids, you wait till last. And it shouldn't be that way, you know. I remember the first time we had a potluck up in West Branch, and I said, no, we're going to let the elders go first. All those who were elders held, holding a position thought, oh, wow, we get to go first. And I'm, I said, no, 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 the old people, <laughs> not the elders of the church. So, Jesus wants to give them the kingdom. Children are not only eligible for the kingdom, they are a priority to the kingdom. The kingdom is actually created for them. We think it's created for us. We think church is created for us. I can't tell you the number of people that I've had say to me, well, I, I'm not, I've already worked in children's ministry. I've paid my dues. I am done going back there. And that's probably one of the most gifted people to actually go work with kids and help out in the children's ministry. But you figure you're, you're older now and you did that when you were younger and no way I'm going to do that anymore. Or some of you are teachers. You teach children. And of course, I understand you're thinking, i got to do that all week and you want me to do it on Sunday too? You're doing it all week in the earthen realm, on Sunday in the heavenly realm. But you're so qualified to be a part of preparing kids for the kingdom of God. We have a job to do, you all. Amen. Thank you, Diane. I appreciate one amen today because I did not anticipate this message to come off so directly and charging against you kind of thing. That's not what I'm doing. We have a job to do. 86% of people who accept Jesus into their heart do so before the age of 15. Let me say that again. 86% of people who accept Jesus into their heart, do so before the age of 15. 10% between the ages of 15 and 30, and only 4% after the age of 30. And we've, we've managed somehow to form our churches to try to win the 4%. That's not the best bet. The best odds, according to the numbers, are to focus in on that 86%, to do everything we can to minister to that 86%, because that's the age bracket where they're open enough. They haven't been so religiousized and, 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 and so stuck in their ways. They're ready and open and saying, give me anything about Jesus. They'll accept Christ. And such. That doesn't mean we forget the 4%, but we should put our money, if you will, our walk, if you will, our talk, if you will, toward the 86% that are here under the age of 15 who are there, the, they are the biggest target and the biggest harvest field for Jesus. And Jesus is going to pour out his spirit first on these young people. We get included. I feel like I just get included in the party. 
but he's throwing a party for kids. There's a problem, though, and that is that we cannot do what I'm suggesting that we do. We cannot do it without you. We cannot do it without you. Some of you are sitting at home. We need your help. We need your help. We need you. We need people willing to work with the babies in nursery. And I'm not trying to put together a diaper brigade. You're just there to change diapers and put up with stinky, smelly messes. But to, and I'm not interested in a babysitting service. It isn't about you just babysitting them for 90 minutes or an hour or whatever the time frame is. It's about you taking those little tykes and teaching them about Jesus. Teaching them about Jesus. And you can, we have a system set up to whereby those little kids in nursery can be taught about Jesus. It isn't just a, it's a ministry, y'all. People don't want to go to nursery and help out. And therefore the same people have to work in nursery regularly. And that can wear on a person. We need to be willing to throw ourselves into children's ministry. It is my prayer that from this message today, from the, what has happened today. Even the song we sang called The Blessing, and it said, and your families and your children and their children and their children. The Lord bless you and keep you. It should be, I'm trying to express it, it should be so ingrained in our heart that I'm coming to church today for the kids. God's going to bless you. It isn't like you're not going to get anything from church, but what if your heart and your mindset was such that I'm coming today in some way, shape, or manner to bless the children because the children in everything we read about Jesus in these stories were his choice. His choice. We need people who are willing to throw themselves into children's ministry. And and I'm not interested in a few volunteer soldiers working themselves silly to try to minister to, to kids. And our current staff that's back there has to work predominantly every service. Folks, that's just not right. They should be able to work a service every other week or once a month and be in church and get something for themselves at that time. And they should be able to have a break and other people coming in and and helping them out and being a part of it. And we we have a little bit of a fundamental... Take this. I want to look and see what time it is, but... You'll have to take it away from me. We haven't started our chicken yet, so your chicken will be all right when you get home. We actually have a little bit of a fundamental problem here at Resurrection Life Church. We did a a plea from the pulpit a few couple three weeks ago with a sign up for Father's House Ministry. You want to know how many people signed up on that list? For a long time, it was zero. And then finally, two people said, Father's house is that important to me. 
What am I saying? Am I beating up on you? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is we got to look at churches more than just our little party every Sunday for 90 minutes. We're called to be servants. I have a statement that... uh, I should have underlined. I knew I should have because when I read it, after I wrote it down, I went, ooh, that's a good one. This is what you get when you don't have me preparing all week. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I I meant to get this in a while ago when I talked about how people say I don't feel led to do that or I've already done that. Um, Here's the statement that God gave me. Do you know that sometimes you need to answer the need before you can get the call? I'm not called to children's ministry. I'm not called to do that. Do you know that sometimes you need to answer the need before you can get the call? Shall I say that again? Sometimes you need to answer the need, and the call will follow. Well, I'm not called to kids. Well, maybe you need to answer the need and the call will follow. Um, Our children deserve the best of the best. There are people sitting in this congregation right now, people watching online right now. You have a wealth of experience in Christ. You have a wealth of wisdom in life. You have so much to offer these little kids. And you're you're just sitting on it. And we need you to be a part of this kingdom adventure because that's what it is. It's a kingdom adventure to prepare kids for Christ. And God is well pleased when we make that our focus. The disciples wanted to shoo them away and Jesus angrily said, no, that's not how we do this. Bring them to me. Let me bless them because... The kingdom of heaven is made for these. And in fact, you old folks, if you don't become like them, you won't get in it. I didn't say that. I know you all want that to mean something other than what it says. And there's some of you here that's probably worked children's ministry in the past, and you're thinking, I don't want to do that anymore. You know what you've done in that setting? You've made yourself more important than anyone else. We have an awesome children's program. And we have an awesome children's director. And we have awesome children's workers that are working tirelessly back there. But we all need to step up to the plate because after all, it's for our children. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you um, for today. I thank you for this message. I thank you for reminding us that it ain't about us. And I pray, Lord God, that there will be people today, in the next week or so, that will step up to the plate and say, I want to be a part of this vibrant children's ministry. I want to be a part of what Christ considers so important. 
Help us to make room, Lord God, for more children to be brought in and more families to be brought in to hear the gospel of Jesus. Lord, you know that it is not in my heart that I grow numerically and become a mega church, but it is my heart to spread the gospel and teach the truth to as many people as you will bring. But Lord, I also know that you won't bring them if we're not prepared to minister to them. Help us be prepared in these last days as people will begin to run to churches that teach the truth. Help us to be prepared as churches, excuse me, Lord, as as families come to a place where they know it's not a show, that truly the presence of the Lord is in the house. Help us to be ready for families to bring their kids in and for us to have a children's ministry that's in anticipation of your creation, those that you have first in line for an outpouring of your spirit. Change our hearts, God. Please, Lord, change our hearts for these children. Lord, you put to, you orchestrated today. Lord, today we had a baby dedication on the calendar. And you gave me a message that I know was a message you gave me, but Lord, you said not today. You need to do this. And Lord, you set the heartbeat and you set the temper temperature of this entire service based around children. Thank you for the honor of dedicating these. In Jesus' name, amen. Not going to ask you to stand and publicly volunteer. Please, Resurrection Life Church, and I don't, I don't often do it like this. Y'all, those of you who know me know I don't give, get up here and make pleas, plead with you. And our, minister, our children's ministry can keep functioning as it is, but it will be as it is. I want to see every room back there in our children's ministry area overflowing with kids. I want to see our children's ministry force us into more services so families can come into this place. How do you sign up? You can go, you all know Miss Connie, go to Miss Connie and say, I'd like, to, I'd like to sign up. Or you can go to our information center and they should have a Ministry of Helps application. Miss Connie should direct you toward that anyway. You could ask for a Ministry of Helps application at our, minutes, at our information center. There's a place on there for you to say, I'd like to sign up for children's ministry. I'd like to be a part of that. So I just, I make a plea with you as your pastor not about children's ministry as much as about the heart of Jesus. Because children are at the core of the heart of Jesus. And it should be the same for us. Can you say amen? Amen. If you can receive it and you can believe it, would you give the Lord a praise in the house? Now, what I just felt a nudge to to say, and I'm not going to ask you to stand and and publicly volunteer, but if your heart has been nudged, I'll just use that word, towards children's ministry today, would you just raise your hand? Uh, I just want to be able to pray for you. If your heart has been nudged towards children's ministry today, okay, that's good. Father, those that have raised their hands, I pray that it will be 
not just a nudge because of an emotional moment in church, but may it be something that you're truly calling them to. And even if they're not felt, if they don't feel called to it, would you please at least impel them to feel the need and then have them experience the calling? In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Is there anyone today that wants to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you've never said the sinner's prayer and said, I want to accept Christ into my life today, then I want to give you an opportunity to do that. You don't have to understand everything about it. I don't understand everything about it. You just have to have an, an urge, an, a sense that I need something in life bigger than myself. Because if you're like me at all, left to my own devices, I'm my own worst enemy sometimes. Can I get a witness from anybody? We're all there, right? So no eloquent, heart-wrenching, emotionally tied altar calls. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and start that journey, would you raise your hand? I just want to pray with you is all. Is there anybody at all says, yep, that's me today? Okay. Then I expect that everybody in the house is ready to meet the Lord. Should he come? In an hour. <laughs> and he comes in an hour that you know not, by the way. Stand with me and let me send you out blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the, the profound importance of today. Thank you for leading me along this path. Thank you for giving me the courage to step outside my comfort zone and come here somewhat unprepared. But Lord, this is all, that, that means it's all on you. And I'm thankful for that. I, I'm grateful for that. I speak blessings over your people today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and keep them, that you'd make your face shine upon them, your countenance go before them, you'd be gracious to them, that you'd give them strength. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night for midweek Bible study. Have a great day.